0: We are in a transition, and I, I don't want to hit that too hard yet because I got a feeling I'm going to come back. We are in a transition, and I, I'm here because I consider Pastor Mike and Mary Perkey two of the very best friends I've ever had in my whole life at any stage of my life. I love this family with all my heart. I love them as ministers in the gospel, but I I just love them as folk. I just just love them as people. And therefore, I love this church. See, because this is their work, their labor of love. This is where they... Spent their lives pouring their lives and now the lives of a new generation into people here to bring them into the fullness of God. And so I I just need you to know that I'm really, I've really asked the Lord to let me not do anything different here tonight than I would do at Wednesday night at home. With the cameras off and the, I just, I just want to take something. I'm so filled up with something that I can't stop talking. But I told my staff, instead of, instead of going, you know, the crusade route and trying to get a big old crowd and all that stuff, all I want to do is go talk to church folk. That's right now. That's, it's just an assignment that I have. I'm, I'm, I'm going to churches of a thousand people, of 500 people. And, and, and why? Well, not because I can't go to one that's 5,000, but because this, I'm on this assignment right now. I'm literally and verifiably on an assignment here tonight. And that assignment isn't to entertain you. And it's not to let you know my preaching prowess, because I can throw down I left my organist at home. I, I, I thought I would be offensive. I had my blue jeans on to come over here and went back in the room, and put my suit on. Because I'm just going to wear my blue jeans and T-shirt and, and come talk to you. I just want to talk to you. It's not, you know. Now that doesn't mean that my assignment is small. I'm carrying the most powerfully prophetic word that I've had in 32 years of full-time ministry. And that's the reason I've asked God to sort the fish and thin the crowd because not a whole lot of folk can take it. See, you didn't talk to the 12 the way you talked to the 4,000 and 5,000. You talk to them differently. They're different people, you see. And so I I asked Pastor Perky, Mike, I asked him, could I come? And I know it's the middle of summer. I pastor a church too. I know that gas is $4 a gallon. I pastor a church too. So I just need you to know that I'm not disappointed in who's not here. I'm extremely excited about who is here. And I'm on a real assignment. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Blessed be the holy name of God forever. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know if Katie's found that scripture for me to use or not. If she hadn't, it doesn't matter. It it deals with the Hebrew word dwell. It it is the word yashab. Y-A-S-H-A-B. Yashab. It doesn't mean anything to you, but what I'm about to say to you does make a significant difference. Because I understand that the year 2007 was the worst year of your life. Don't shout me down now. I don't I don't need your confirmation. I can see your face. 2007 for most folk moving in the deep vein of God during that year they saw the greatest attack of their lives on their ministry, on their families, on their finances many of them who had done exceedingly great works for God that found themselves at the end of 2007 going into 2008 saying things like, I can't do this anymore. Now, now I've, I've come with a word for you it's just just a word from the Spirit of God to all of you. You will continue. I know the devil is telling you you're going to have to stop doing what you're doing. You're going to have to stop doing part of what you're doing. You're going to have to cut back, scale down, pull it back. Your time is over. Your time has waned. But I need to tell you what the Holy Spirit sent me to tell you. You will continue. Oh God! I, 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 I you will conti- Your marriage will continue. You, you have not reached the end of the blessing of God. You will continue. Number two, you will, you will defeat the enemy. That is standing in front of you in your present. The first deals with your past and what God has established in your life heretofore. You will not surrender any of it. Over the sapphire sill of heaven's gate is coming the breath of God. That which is lying, languishing on the bed of weakness. Is about to be breathed upon again. God is saying to you yes these bones shall live. You do remember those were bones that at one time were an exceeding great army. But now they're bleaching in the sun baked desert the adversary looks at them and says well you're a pretty good duck for the shape you're in but you're not the duck you might have been you're like that eagle standing out on a limb with its beak falling off the feathers all fallen off of it and that riverboat captain Taking a preacher on a fishing trip and he looked at that old bird hanging with one leg and one talon on that log hanging out over that river. And preacher trying to act wax eloquent like most preachers will tried to do. He said, well, old bird, you're all washed up. There might have been a time when you soared to the snow-capped peaks of mighty mountains. There may have been a time where you built your nest the high places of the earth there may have been a time i'm talking to you right now because i'm looking at 100 percent of everybody i'm looking at that the enemy told you in 2007 something was over Riverboat captain with a chew of tobacco in the northeast corner of his right jaw spit out over that edge of that boat, hit the water with a splat. And that riverboat captain said, "Well, preacher, those those are pretty words, but they ain't true." That preacher said, "There's coming a time, very very soon, where you're going to let go with your last ounce of strength, fall in the river, and the worms of the earth are going to devour the last of that carcass, and you're done." that riverboat captain said that's not true that bird's not dying he's just molting see those little things sticking out on his skin those are brand new feathers you see that see that little tiny yellow thing starting to grow there on the front of his face that's a brand new beak growing out pretty soon he's going to take that beak and prune new feathers Something's going to hit his lungs And he's going to give out a scream Like only an eagle can scream He's going to let go of that limb And soar once again to the snow-capped peaks Of mighty mountains I'm here to tell you You are not done 2007 was in the divine plan of God God simply taking you through What he had to take you through In order to get you where you never dreamed you'd be You need to get in your spirit Right Right now that you are going to continue there is no surrender there is no backing up there is no letting go hold on hold on God is about to breathe upon you as he has never breathed upon you before shout I'm not done say I'm not done If God told you to build a business and two-thirds away through 2007, it looked like you were facing bankruptcy. Just hold on. You shall continue. Say this with me. Devil, I don't understand the meaning of defeat. There is no surrender in me. I'm right now in the middle of the will of God. Now let's move on. You not only are going to continue, you're going to defeat the enemy that's standing in front of you right now in this valley. I can't talk about the valley. I like Andre Crouch. I'm not going to preach. I like Andre Crouch. Here's what the body of Christ doesn't understand. We think when we're on the mountain, we're always going to be on the mountain. And then we're under the delusion that when we're in the valley, we're always going to be in the valley. The fact of the matter is, God said, the land that I'm leading you into is a land of hills and valleys. You on a roller coaster ride, baby, you might just well strap in and enjoy the journey. You... Here's what Andre said, so I thank God for the mountain and I thank God for the valley And I thank him for the storm that he brought me through. Sometimes storm lasts a day. Sometimes they last for a month. Sometimes they last for an entire year. I thank him for the storms he brought me through. Because if Rod Parsley never had a problem. How in the world would I ever know that God could solve them? How would I ever know what faith in his word could do through it all? I've learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I've learned to trust in God. I've had many tears and sorrows. Come on, Andre, preach. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in ev- I didn't mean to be talking about you. But in every situation, God gives me blessed consolation that my trials come to only make me strong. Stop. Stop, stop now, stop now. You will defeat, you will defeat the enemy. I don't want to go through the list. You know what your enemy is. Maybe it's discouragement. Maybe it's divorce. Maybe it's defeat. Maybe it's bankruptcy. Maybe it's sickness in your body. I don't know. Whatever is arrayed against you that is, is designed in the crucible of conflict to defeat you, distract you, deter you from fulfilling the purpose of God in your life will. Be defeated in this valley because God didn't bring you in this valley to die this valley is where your giant came to die you don't kill giants on the mountain you don't defeat devils on the mountain All you do on the mountain is shout and dance. The fighting is done in the valley. When will this weak-kneed, milk soap, milk-toast, evangelical world ever come to the realization that God did not promise you everything popping up petunias and turning out tulips? This, my very weaponry... Prophesies I'm supposed to live in a conflict. There's a fight. I'm talking to you now. Number three. I haven't even started my sermon. I'm just I'm speaking this word. Because as I sat on this seat over here, the Holy Spirit said to me, remind Pastor Perky, remind Mary, remind Lanexa Christian Center, remind the extension of this family and all of its ministries that you will not stop doing anything. You will not stop doing anything. Now, you, you look at me and tell me true, because we're just buddies. You look at me, Mary, and tell me. Has the devil during 2007 told you, and my, you're going to have to back up on this. You're going to have to slow down on that. You, what happens in the head happens in the body. He said the same thing to every one of you. What you don't understand is every bit of it was in the prophetic timetable of God, designed by God, allowed by God to move you from where you were to where you're going to be. Now listen. you will not only not not, you will not only continue. That deals with your past whatever God spoke to you to, it's just that simple the devil can't kill you yet when people get on an airplane with me I say relax this thing can't go down we were coming into Columbus the other night and a tornado right in front right off the nose of the plane for the last 20 minutes while we were coming in they were all joining hands together and praying I'm asleep I'm asleep. This thing not going down. God told me to do some stuff. And if that stuff's not done yet, then this thing can't go down. No devil belching out of the smoking caverns of the doomed and the damned. Can do anything about my future. Any more than he can do about my past. I am in the will of God. Uh -uh. Sit down. So you're going to continue. Say it. Number two. Say I will defeat my current adversary. Let me tell you, your giant is about to fall in this valley. And when he does, he's never, ever getting up again. Just walk around in that for a minute. He's never getting up again. He's never getting up again. There is a time when now becomes forever. No, 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 no. God is about to do a thing. That changes everything. No, no, no. Forever. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no. Oh, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down. Slow down, slow down, slow down. There was a cross. There was a moment in time that changed everything irreversibly forever. Your marriage is about to change irreversibly forever. Your family situation is about to change. Don't be looking at me like you don't need it. No. Your children are not going to rise up and call you blessed one day and curse you two weeks later. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. 9-11 changed everything forever. Didn't it? When you got married, it changed everything forever. There is a point that you can get that devil where he gets defeated and can't ever get up again. Goliath went and lieth, and he never did get up again. When Jesus changed water to wine. It never did turn back into water. Number three, not only are you going to continue, that deals with your past, not only will you defeat your present enemy, that deals with your present, but God says, You will expand no, no 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 when the enemy says something that god gave birth to in your life has to die at that moment god has the creation of a brand new thing in mind let me t- let me tell you let me tell you this way. If, if God said you were going to lose, if, if the enemy said you were going to lose this building, you had to stop having church in here. you got to move back over to another thing. If God, if the, if the enemy said that, the interpretation of that is you're about to build two new buildings. Now, you're not with me. Come on, hang with me. I'm not preaching. I'm not sweating. I'm not done. Just hang with me. Just hang with me. Are you with me? The enemy said, you're going to have to close down Harvest Preparatory School. That's what he said to me. Debbie, Deb, some of my staffs here. Is that, is that what I was told? You have shut it down. Close the doors. Close the doors. You don't have money to continue this thing. You have shut this thing down. Quit educating these kids. Stop winning state basketball championships. You stop. Done. Done. So you know what I'm doing right now? I'm building a $1.5 million football stadium for a Christian school. No, no, no. Cash. No, you didn't hear me. No, because there was a moment when I put my foot down and I said in the presence of God, either you told me to do this or you didn't. And you, I never did hear you say quit. Now, all the accountants all the with their visors, and, they say I got to quit. Now, if you tell me to quit, I'll quit. And I heard nothing. I said, thank you, sir. I will not quit. I will continue what you told me to do. I will defeat the enemy that's standing in front of me saying I can't. And therefore, go get the bulldozers out. Call the pro turf field people because I want our Christian school boys playing on the same turf that the Ohio State University plays on every Saturday in front of 115,000 people. I want the same thing. And here they came, Pastor. You don't have no money, so open the Bible to him. I said, "You see right here. I will continue. I will defeat." And I will do something new because the devil said I couldn't keep doing what I was doing. Five days later, we had a million dollars supplied for that football field. You're not listening to me. Say million. It just feels good in your mouth. If it's your million, you'd be shouting. I'm just, I'm just, I'm only using my experience as an example to tell you what God's trying to do in your life. Oh, say, I will continue. I will, continue. I, will I will defeat and I'm going to do something new. He said I had to close down the center for moral clarity. All the evidence shut it down. No more Washington. No more fighting the demons of hell to preserve life in this country. No more standing up for the biblical definition of marriage. You're going to just have to stop it. So I went downtown Columbus. I, fl- I found the Planned Parenthood that murders more babies every day than any other place in my city. I said, where is that? Go find it. So they went and found it. I said, my spirit tells me there'll be an empty building across the street or next door. There was one across the street and one next door. I said, I'll take the one across the street. And today, the Women's Clinic of Columbus Is functioning. Took $250,000 to get the door open. We didn't have a dime, and they told me I had to close the center for moral clarity down. You're not listening to me. When the devil tells you you can't have a car, you're getting ready to buy two. Now, sitting on top of Planned Parenthood's roof are two billboards sitting literally on their roof are two billboards pointing them across the street to the women's clinic of columbus where every day women come in get an ultrasound of the baby in their womb and say that's not a blob of flesh that's a baby look at it moving you, you, are you are, are you on a, a wavelength with me are you on a wavelength with me because some of you been walking through a valley. Don't you dare look at me like 2007 wasn't the worst year you ever spent. You fought more devils. You fought them in your body. You fought them in your church. You fought them in your mind. You fought them in your finances. Everything. I'm here to tell you it was prophetic. 2007 was the year of completion. Did God ever have you prophesy a thing you got mad about? 2007, oh boy, I prophesied it, whoa, seven, hey God, the number of completion, 2007 was the year God was going to complete it in your life, and the mess of 2007 was, about two thirds, three quarters of the way through that thing, I said, what in the world do you have me prophesy this for? I said, I'm fine. I'm the only one the devil's even got left in his Rolodex. Every other body's name is erased, and mine partially, partially, partially. I'm the only Charlie Brown left, and everybody's picking on me. It sounds funny now, even more funny then. Ah, oh, glory to God. God said, I had you prophesy the truth. 2007 is a consummation. God said to me, how many sons had Jesse? You remember God said I've rejected Saul from being king over Israel. Right? Yeah, What well, he did, what do you know? i rejected Saul from being king over Israel. Samuel, fill thine horn with oil and go. God's about to anoint a new king of Israel. Told him to go to Jesse's house. Jesse starts lining up those seven strapping boys, head and shoulders above everybody else, better educated than everybody else, more powerful than everybody else. Is this him? No, that's not him. Is it? No, that's not him. Gets to number seven. That's it. Because seven is a consummation. Seven is an ending. Mm. Mm. Seven is an ending. And Jesse said, that's it. That's all there is. And Samuel said, no, the Lord God's not a man that he should lie. There's somebody else, more knees and elbows than anything else, some peach fuzz on his face out there hanging out with sheep. Let me tell you the transition we're in. Those tending sheep are about to rule nations. You didn't hear me. Sheep herders are about to become kings. Jesus, son of God. So he brings out David, the child of eight. The eighth son of Jesse. You remember it was that same David that went out to the valley of Elah. There with the armies of Israel arrayed on the hillsides in a standstill against the Philistines. And here came David saying, is there not a cause? David walked down into that valley. Not despising that valley. We've got to learn to begin to embrace our valley. Because it's in the valley that your giant comes to die. It's where do you sow? On a mountain? No sir. On a valley. Say I'm a child of eight. 2007 was a consummation. An ending. An ending. The Philistines, your Bible said, gathered themselves together against Israel at Shoko, the place of an enclosure, the place of a closed door, the place of an ending. (sighs) And Israel thought God had brought them there to die. When in reality, he had brought all of their adversaries there to die. Did you ever feel like you were the cheese in the mousetrap? I, don't mean to be so practical with you. Did you ever feel like you were the cheese in the mousetrap? Absolutely. Now I've said all that to say this: We are at a transition. Seven was supposed to produce five smooth stones. Don't have time. Seven was supposed to produce five smooth stones. What is that? It's five praises. Five shouts. These were not ordinary stones. These were smooth stones. You can't just read the Bible. You've got to read the Bible. There's a difference between a stone and a smooth stone. A smooth stone is produced by the pressure of water. A smooth stone is produced by the friction of water a smooth stone does not develop overnight a smooth stone has been through some stuff Uh, a smooth stone has been beaten upon and placed under pressure and heat and cold and storm of night and heat of day darkness of night They produced a yada. What's a yada? A yada is a praise that you have never praised before. No, 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 no. no. Hold on. A praise that you have never praised before because it could only be produced by the hell you've been through now you It's that stone that David, the child of eight, reached into his pouch and flung at the Philistine giant. Can I tell you that God has designed a praise from the pressure and the hell of 07 that you're going to release in 08 that is going to defeat an adversary to the point he will never ever get up again. Oh, oh, come on. We're about to go to a killing. Touch your neighbor and tell them they're about to be a killing. Come on, tell them they're about to be a killing. They're about to be some stuff die up in here. It's a new Praise a new weapon isaiah forty three nineteen. now i'm gonna go fast hang with me isaiah forty three nineteen. i figured i'll throw a scripture in here somewhere I... are you okay is this okay on wednesday is this okay on wednesday because see you thought the mess that was gathered in arrayed against you in 07 was there to destroy you. When in reality God brought you and it into the same valley with the thought in mind you're going to kill the thing and cut its head off and it ain't never getting up again. Because the only reason for a consummation is to produce an initiation. God only ends one thing to start something else. Slam the door. Do what I told you to do. Slam a door. Take your hand, slam a door. Take your hand, slam a door. i'm about to take you where you've never been and once i do you can't ever get back where you were Mm -mm. say transition that's what we're in right now we're in a renaissance i can take you back from the reformation all the way through if you want me to i can take you back to the healing revival a move of god But it came to a consummation there was an initiation i can take you back not only i'm at 35 minutes if you're if you're counting (laughs) i can take you back out of the healing revival into the charismatic renewal a door closed another door opened one led to the other i can take you from the charismatic renewal into the word of faith renewal I can take you from the word of faith renewal to the great camp meetings. The exaltation. During the word of faith renewal, there was the exaltation of the teaching gift. We got back on the word. Let me, let me tell you, we're going back there. Stay with me. Stay with me. During the word of faith renewal, there was an exaltation of the teaching gift. Taught, 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 taught. Taught on the righteousness of God, taught on healing, taught on the gifts of the spirit, taught that we could stand on the word. The word and faith renewal is not hard to understand. It was a renaissance of the word and faith. We came out of that. Now here's a problem we have pastor. We came out of that into about an 18 or 20 year period where the preaching gift was exalted once again. Great camp meetings. You go through Charisma Magazine or wherever you wanted to go. Pentecostal Evangel, is that what it's called? Whatever you wanted, go through it. Go through it. Every other page was somebody having a great camp meeting. There was the exaltation of the African American preaching gift. Many of us got to ride that wave. Because I can tell you, I can teach... But brother, I can throw down, give me a Hammond B3 organ and put me on a a CD instead of a DVD where you can hear me but can't see me. And you think I got more pigmentation in my skin than I got. Listen to me. And and you remember, you could fall down and fill up a 10,000 seat building with preaching, preaching and preaching. The only problem was, the folks that came in during all that thing, most of them got no foundation. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right? And you thrilled, and you were caught up in that, and, and you were blessed by that. And you went out. It was, it was all God. But turn to those same magazines today and see if you can find such a meeting. They're gone. The landscape has changed. God is doing a thing. God has not left us, He's transitioning us. God Almighty. What we are seeing right now is a renaissance, it's a French word. Renaissance. It is the transition between two major movements. It is exemplified by an explosion of intellectual, artistic, and spiritual expression. We are about to reach back to the tried and tested principles which have dethroned principalities and powers in the past and grasp a hold of it and refuse to let go of the healing revival, refuse to let go of the charismatic renewal, refuse to let go of the word of faith renewal, but drag them kicking and screaming if we have to into what God is doing in this moment and with the other hand reach forward to the purpose and plan of God for that generation of perkys and pull them together in a cataclysmic explosion of the power of God. The hearts of fathers turning to sons. Oh God, I'm speaking so much more prophetically to you than you understand. There's about to be an explosion Of nuclear biblical proportion. Hear me now. Of intellectual. Listen. What we did through that whole thing. I can tell you right now. Half that preaching was designed. For the first 20 minutes. To say things. That appeared. Above the intellectual capability. Of the hearers. Designed. I can take you to classes. And preachers that will teach you to do it. I can do it. I can say things in the first 15 minutes of a sermon that really don't make any coherent sense. But because of who I am, it leaves you feeling like I know something you don't, so you're ready to listen to me. You can't handle this. I thought I had the Wednesday night folk. Come on, I don't want that Sunday morning bunch. I thought I had the Wednesday night folk in here. Are you with me? Designed to do that. Designed to do that we're gonna there's going to be an explosion so what we learned in that is not only do you check your citizenship at the door but in most pentecostal charismatic word of faith circles you're required to check your intellectual capability at the door you're not supposed to think you're just supposed to experience oh god that's what you want right An experience Oh, you want, the, you want to feel the glory. You want the Hammond organ screaming. You want the crowd waving. You want to be caught up in all of that. Well, you can go to a football game down over there at Kansas and get that. More of it at a basketball game at Kansas. You understand what I'm saying? I don't know if you do or not. There's about to be an explosion, young man. How old are you? You're 20 years old. How would you like for God to supernaturally deposit within you the mathematical algorithms that would prove the existence of a creator God? There are Einsteins, Michelangelos, yet to be born. Stop discouraging education. When I hung up the phone from the White House the day after the 2004 election, the Holy Spirit said in my belly, if you're going to rescue a nation, restore a generation, revitalize a civilization, it's going to come two ways. Number one, authentic evangelism. What does that mean? That's not just getting people to come into a building. That's getting people to understand they were born sinners in need of a Savior, that they have broken the law and the commandment of God and without his redeeming grace are going to spend eternity separated from God in a place called hell. However, Christ hath redeemed deemed us from the curse of the law you're not listening to me authentic evangelism where you got to give up something to get something authentic evangelism which means in that self sacrifice is entry-level christianity we can't get people to volunteer in the nursery because it didn't cost them anything to get in the kingdom so they don't think this is a kingdom built on sacrifice they think this is, built, this is a secular humanistic kingdom where it's all about me. Pastor Perky, tell me what I want to hear in the temperature that I want to sit on, the kind of seat that I want to sit in, make sure that I'm out at the right time. It's all about me, and you better bless me while I'm here. Why are you going to the church down the road? I'm just not getting blessed here anymore. This place is not about blessing you. It's not what it's about. And the second way you're going to rescue a generation, restore a nation, revitalize a civilization, is through education. 50 years of age, I went back to school. 50 years of age, I completed my bachelor's degree, started on my master's, and was, was handed a doctoral degree from the largest evangelical university in the world, which happens to be Baptist, and I'm a tongue talker. I'm the first Pentecostal they ever gave it to. Listen to me, because of my work, Silent No More, and and Culturally Incorrect. Listen to me. My daughter has never made a B. She's going into her sophomore year at Miami University. She's never made a B. My son, who they said would never go to school, is entering his junior year of high school. He's never made a B. People say, why? Because I never read in the Bible where they were supposed to. You're not clapping. You're not clapping. So I'm telling you right now, God is about to touch people's minds. You think, you think all the touch of God is for it to make you buck and fall on the floor and roll around and wall your tongue like a dying calf let me tell you somebody's mind's going to get touched somebody's going to be given a creative idea somebody's going to give be given scientific uh, ability somebody and it's it's not only coming there it's coming artistically have you seen this cat have you seen this cat i like i love my my favorite group in, in all the world is is casting crowns and this cat uses their music so i'm i'm So I was interested in that because I heard Casting Crown's music and I turned on the TV and there was this guy, right? And he's got this, he's got this like hooded thing on. And he's just, he's just got a huge canvas about half the size of that wall. And he just throwing stuff up there. And the next thing you know, he is thrown and slashed. and, And the next thing you know, you see the most unbelievable image of the living Christ hanging on a cross that you've ever seen. What was he doing a few years ago? He was delivering packages for Federal Express. Now his paintings are hanging in some of the most highbrow art galleries in the world. And all he does is start throwing paint on a canvas. You're not listening to me. Why shouldn't it be your child? You need an organist? Why don't you just sit your three-year-old down at the organ and just start walking around praying in the Holy Ghost? Because there are going to be folks that don't know the black keys from the white keys that are going to start... I dare you to touch somebody and say, you don't know it, and I'm not even sure of it, but I think it's my time. Do it right now. You don't don't know it, and I'm not sure about it, but I I think it might be my time. Tell me, it's my time. Tell me, it's my time. Now, I just had you lie, because it's not your time. God told me that the other day I was preaching. He said, you got it wrong. I said, I'll repent, sir. What do you mean to tell me? He said, it's not your time. It's my time for you. God said, it's not your time. It's my time for you. Good God in heaven, am I the only one getting anointed right now? Say, it's God's time for me. It's God's time for me. Jesus came at the appointed time. Jesus came in due season. You ask, the question is not if, the question is when. The question is not if God's going to heal you, the question is when. The question is not if you're going to have a breakthrough, the question is when. The question is not if we're going to have a revival, the question is when. Because if Jesus said it, I believe it, and it's so. You're not listening to me. Somebody just wave your hand right now. Say, it's God's time for me. You have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Esther was facing the guillotine in the valley and God rose her up to lead a nation. David fast faced Goliath in the valley because God was raising him up to lead a nation don't you dare look at your circumstances around you and the alien armies of the antichrist arrayed against you don't you dare back up don't you dare bow your knee don't you dare begin to speak words of doubt and unbelief and where's god and why is this happening and i'm charlie brown and everybody's always picking on me grab your five smooth stones walk down into your valley and tell god bring them all in here let's deal with the whole mess at one fell swoop Say, behold, I'm about to be a what the, your children are about to be a what the, your D student is about to become an A plus student and you don't even know why. I'm telling you why, because there's a renaissance coming. Behold, I, say I, I. we gave a test at World Harvest Bible College. On that test we said what is sovereignty old boy hadn't been saved too long not real good and sanctified but he gave a pretty good answer he said sovereignty means god can do whatever he damn well pleases (laughs) i'm just telling you what the boy wrote let me give you a definition of sovereignty he is god and you are not Let me give you a definition of sovereignty. God moves in times, in seasons, in cycles, in timing, in plan, in purpose. There is no chaos. God has everything under his control, including time. And that cross, stuck in the ground with his son of the eternal ages, bolted upon it, changed everything forever, including time. God's about to change time. God spoke and time was, he spoke again and Hezekiah saw the sun stand still, God is not bound by time, where did I say it, say God's not bound by time, God's a God of seasons, God's a God of cycles, God's a God of plan, God's a God of purpose ecclesiastes 3 1 says to everything there is a season a time for every purpose under heaven god is not bound by time i just wrote this as perez the breaker was conceived when Judah used the harlot tamar so the father god has conceived in the womb of mother time the children of eight god has simply used time to bring forth as isaiah forty three nineteen declares a new thing in a now season it's not our time but god's time for us as jesus was born in due season at the appointed time Time to make a supernatural, irreversible transition. So we have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. You want some more of that? That's pretty good stuff. A timeless God. If you can, if you can ever find, if you can ever find that intersection between a timeless God and a temporal man. You will know the wisdom of God and it will be revealed to you when now becomes forever. Time was made for man, not for God. God invaded time. God used time like a harlot to produce his purpose in the earth. Do you remember when Jesus turned water into wine and it never did turn back again? Do you remember? Do you remember that Jesus came, that the mother of Jesus and the disciples were called to be at the wedding and they ran out of wine? And so mother, Mary, the mother of Jesus, went to Jesus and she said, hey, Jesus, Dude, we're out of wine. Do you remember what Jesus said? Woman, my time has not come. And he turned around and walked away. But Mary, Mary stepped out in faith. And she said, I know whatever I ask him to do, he'll do it. He may be saying it's not his time, but whatever I ask him to do, he'll do. And she went and got the servants, and she started telling other people what time it was. You didn't hear me. I said, she started telling other people what time it was. And she said, whatever he says to you, do it. And the Bible said, there were set there six water pots of stone after the man of the purifying of the Jews. And he called for them to be brought to him. And he turned the water into wine. God said, God's son said, it's not time. My time has not come. Here's what he said. Not now. But her faith reached out and apprehended. What did it do? It stepped out of Time. I broke my arm when I was eight years old. They put a cast on it. They said it won't get well for eight weeks. I said, why not? The doctor said, because it time heals. And then a lady stood in front of me with osteoporosis. She had eight broken bones. She had two master's degrees and two PhDs. I laid my hands on her. You could literally hear bones cracking. She went back to the doctor the next day. He cut the casts off her body and every bone had been knitted perfectly back. Together, you're not understanding what I'm telling you. What happened? The anointing stepped out of time. Mm, God, just touch somebody and say, "You don't know it, and I'm not sure of it, but I think it's God's time for me." Isaiah 43:19 Behold, I will do a new thing; I don't have time to preach to you. If God's going to do a new thing, that means something that's never existed before. Do you remember Yada? Something that's never existed before. I'm here to tell you tonight in Lanexa, Kansas, if God's gonna do a new thing, He's not gonna use the old you. I want to take okay. If God's not gonna if God's gonna do a new thing, he's not gonna use the old you. God's about to change you irreversibly forever you're about to look in your rearview mirror and say who in the world is this person staring back at me things are about to come up out of your spirit and out of your mouth there's a new boldness that's about to be released upon you listen to me listen to me listen to me that has nothing to do with you it has nothing to do with where you go to church it doesn't have to do with how you hold your tongue when you pray it doesn't have to do with how many people are in your prayer circle it has nothing to do with anything other than god said his watch and he said when this hand hits here and this hand hits here and the second hand hits here i'm gonna do a new thing that That's what the number eight means. You do understand. It means a new beginning. In other words, everything in your valley, every devil in your valley is to be used for nothing more than fertilizer for what God is about to do in your life. He said, I will do a new thing. He's not going to do it because of you. He's going to do it in spite of you. I could quit praying. God used me and I started praying. God, do something in spite of me. Just get me out of the way. Glorify yourself in this place. Speak words that I've never thought before, Lord. Bring them up out of my spirit. Let me declare them to the people. God's about to do a new thing. I will do a new thing. Say the next word. Where is it? Put it up there. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Wasn't it? What's the next word? What's the next word? Shout it! Shout it! Shout it! Shout it! You have no idea what now means. No, you have no idea what now means. Where God sent me here for nothing? I said you have no idea what now means. You know the first definition of now, at this time. Right now. Right now. What do you mean? It's not confusing. Right now. The Hebrew definition of the word now is not the same as the English definition of the word now. The English definition of the word now means now, at this moment, at this time, in this season. Daniel said God changes the times and the seasons. The Bible says that time is under the control of God. He spoke, time was, he spoke, time stood still, the sun stood still, he's about to speak again. And every timepiece from the second hand on your wristwatch to Big Ben in London is going to come to a screeching halt. God controls time. This is the year of our Lord, 2008 A.D. That cross changed Can I tell you there is an intersection between the eternal and the temporal where the temporal is changed irreversibly forever? Do you want God to irreversibly change your financial situation, your family situation? Forever, forever, say forever, forever. That means what God's going to do, it can't ever get back to the mess it's in now. I know. Now, now let me give you the Hebrew definition of now. It's the same as the English definition of now at this time, in this season, in this moment. But then it continues because there were six verb tenses, not three. This is in the aorist, the progressive present tense. That means you weren't saved. You say, I was saved. No, you weren't. You're being saved. Every moment. You're in a continual state of being saved. That's how God never leaves the eternal present tense. Because what he was, he is. And what he is, he'll be. Because he can't ever leave the present tense. He's continuing. That's how he doesn't get old. (laughs) Hang with me just a minute. Say now. Now. Say now. It not only means at this time, at this moment, in this season. It means henceforth and hereafter. What? Just think about it. Dust your brain off. Not only now, but henceforth and hereafter. Not only is God going to heal you now, but henceforth and hereafter. In other words, anything that God does now, like changing water to wine, can't ever get back where it was. Jesus. (laughs) Say, God is not bound by time. Say, God is not bound by time. If I can get in the spirit, then what should take eight weeks happens in an instant and never changes back. Oh, I feel you're leaving me now. I said, I feel you're leaving me now. Let me get. Can I give? You, can I give you just? Can I give you another nugget? Can I give you another nut- nugget? We breathe the finite atmosphere of earth. God breathes the infinite ether of eternity. Our vision is clouded by tears and trouble. God sees clearly unknown worlds, unborn ages. We're bound to time like a prisoner bound to a ball and chain. God is not bound to the slavery of seconds, nor the manacles of minutes. He is not hindered by the handcuffs of hours, nor is he dependent on days, wearied by weeks, manipulated by months. He does not yearn for years, despair over decades. He was before, he is now, he will be tomorrow, the God of the eternal present tense what he was he is and what he is he will forever be god is about to let us understand and come to the realization and revelation that we were created imagio day in the image of god we were created do you believe that I said, do you believe that? I heard your Holy Spirit. Do you believe that we are created in Magio Dei in his image? Then we are eternal beings. We are emancipated forever from the torturous slavery of time. Now means your wait is over. I'm about to freak you. I'm going to give you one more verse. I'm going to give you one, I'm going to give you one more verse. Are you ready? Hebrews 9. Is it 9.12 or 9.22? 9, I don't know everything, just some things. It's somewhere in Hebrews 9. Find it. Yeah, let's see if I can find it. Are you, are you doing okay on a Wednesday night? Are you glad you came? Are you getting anything out of this that's going to be lasting? Hebrews 9. Oh, yeah, here you go. Oh, yeah, here you go. God. Can I read just a little bit? Can I read just a little bit? Can you go back before that, Katie? I don't know if you can or not. Okay. What we're dealing with here is you remember under the old covenant. Under the Old Covenant, there was a mountain called Sinai. It was there that God gave Moses the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. Yes? Okay, are you sure? Say the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were given. And Israel did their best to keep them, but they couldn't. It was impossible to keep the Decalogue under the Old Covenant. That's the reason... The sacrifices and rituals were instituted. Okay, if you mess it up, go get you a turtle dove, spill its blood, right? Because Hebrew says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. But so God instituted these ordinances, right? Sacrifices, because you can't keep the law. But then the book of Hebrews says, now are you come, not unto Sinai, Not to the law, but now are you come unto a different mountain, Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God and to an innumerable company of angels, unto the spirits of just men made perfect. He. When did he say? Now. Now. Do you remember when John the Baptist was baptizing? Remember it? Your Bible says in Matthew, I believe, eleven twelve, 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now. Say now, now. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffered the violence, the violence take it by force. Now, it had been two years. From the days of John the Baptist until now was a two-year period. And God said more happened in that two years than happened in the previous 4,000 years. Why? There was a seed. I can't go there. There was a seed. The circumference, the center. Do you understand that Pluto, I like Pluto. I think Pluto should be a planet. I stand for Pluto. They're trying to make poor little Pluto not be a planet because he's way out there on the back row. But that's all right. It's cold way out there where Pluto is. And he has to travel so far around the sun that he travels very, very slowly. If you step into Saturn, things warm up. The circumference is shorter. He's going faster. If you get in all the way in there to Mercury, the closest, he's spinning faster than anything else. Things are heated up. You can't live on Mercury. He's represented by flaming wings. He's moving. Can I tell you, the closer you get to now, the faster things go, the more things heat up. God said kingdom shall be born in a day. And well, you're not even ready for what I'm telling you. There is coming a moment in time where now becomes forever. Where God so irreversibly changes things that you can't ever get back. If you would get in a spaceship and travel at the speed of light, 186,000 miles a second. The closer you got to the speed of light, the more your molecular structure would shrink. Until finally it would be so condensed that you would literally turn into light light is the only known constant in the universe once you are light you can't ever be anything else somebody said there are about to be some changes tell them there's about to be some changes john's baptizing see two years he looks over his shoulder coming over the galilean hillside there's that tall lean galilean his hair flapping in the breeze and what did john say What the? Behold for you King James folks. Behold is a word of transition. Behold is a word of change. Everybody say shift. I didn't say ship or anything else. I said shift. (laughs) Say shift. Haven't you been feeling uncomfortable but your clothes been feeling odd and there been kind of more turmoil in your married life than there's been it seem like things you're eating don't satisfy you like they used to places you used to go friends you used to have everything just seems uncomfortable you're in a state of flux you're in a transition you're about to leave tending sheep and start leading nations. You can't hear me right now, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Go, go now. So God instituted a new covenant, didn't he? Based on better promises, didn't he? Based on better blood, didn't he? But you still live like the sacrifice of Christ is nothing different than a turtle dove or a bullock. Because you keep going back. I don't believe in eternal security, Pastor Perky. Just relax. I don't believe in eternal security, but I also don't believe in unconditional insecurity. That's right. me neither. <laughs> what am I talking about? Now give me the verse, Katie. Now give me the verse, and I'm going to bring this thing toward the barn. Give me, give me the verse. Give me the verse. Hebrews 9. <laughs> ah! Not by the blood of of bulls and of goats, blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having past tense obtained eternal redemption for us. He either did or he didn't. He's not talking about heaven. That has nothing to do with heaven. That has nothing to do with heaven. Heaven is a portion of eternal redemption. He hath redeemed us, Galatians 3.13. He hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is anyone that hangeth upon a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through faith. Let me tell you what eternal, get it back up there, leave it up there, thank you. Having obtained eternal redemption. Say it. What does redemption mean? To return to the original state. You know what he's talking about here? He's talking about getting you back to the Adamic covenant. The Adamic blessing. Not even Abraham's blessing. Before that. Before Genesis 3. Genesis 1 and 2. God placed an Adamic blessing... And I am just weary with the church acting like what the devil did in the first Adam was greater than what God the Father did in the second Adam. He came to redeem us, buy us back by paying the sacrificial price of purchase. He did not just redeem your eternal spirit. That is not all that he redeemed. He redeemed you to the original state. Now get ready to shout because there were three blessings in the Adamic covenant. Covenant. number one he said to them be fruitful and multiply that's a family blessing he said your children are going to rise up and call you blessed he said children are a heritage of the lord i'm here to tell you your little crack smoking pants down below his bottom wearing ball cap sideways rebellious son is about to walk in your bedroom crying at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, an angel just appeared in my bedroom and has called me to the ministry. Would you lay your hands on me? I'm telling you, God either did this or he... <laughs> yes, you're not ready for this. My gas is $4 a gallon. And you cried when it was $2 a gallon. You couldn't get to church when it was $2 a gallon. My God, what are we going to do? Now look at you. Paying $4 a gallon and going anywhere you want to go, you king. You priest. You royal nation. You royal priesthood. You holy nation. Touch your head and say, I'm redeemed. I'm a kingdom person. he redeemed your family your family feud is over this one not speaking to that one is over the fussing and the fuming is over i don't know i don't understand why you're not out at least saying yes lord your home's about to be a haven of peace a blessing people are going to drive past your home and your neighborhood and say what the is going on around there. They're going to look at your children and say, behold, there is a kingdom child. There is a Shadrach, a Meshach, and a Bendigo, a Daniel, a David, a Samson, a Samuel. Number two. shot number two. I've only got 150 of these. Number two. I've only got three. Number two, because that's all God said. Number two. Number two. The first one is what? You got that up there? Find me a scripture. You know which one I want? Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. That's the family blessing of the Adamic covenant. And, 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 and look, at this, look at this. Look at this. Fill the earth and subdue it. And subdue it over it your home's about to become a garden in your neighborhood your bedroom's about to become a garden in your home your desk is about to become a garden a garden in your block of office space Everywhere the sole of your foot touches, God's about to give you dominion over. Why are you looking at me like a milksop, toast evangelical? And I'm telling you how he's going to do it. He's going to do it the same way that he exercised dominion over the earth and stood on nothing and declared light be and light was. He was, God replenished the earth. He didn't plenish the earth. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness on the face of the deep. God didn't create the thing that way. That's a result of the fall of satan crashing into the sides of the earth and then god came along and said i'm gonna make a man i'm about to get it i gotta quit no, I gotta, I'm about to make me a man. I'm going to make him in my image. He's not going to be bound by time. He's not going to be bound by space. It's not going to take eight weeks to heal his arm. He's a kingdom man. I'm going to tell you in 2008, what used to take a year is going to take a month. What used to take a month is going to take a week. What used to take a week is going to take a day. I can't get nobody to help me. Here's how he's going to do it. Faith-filled words. You're about to call those things that be not as though they are don't you dare forget the word of faith renewal I rebuke you now in the Lord you've been walking around talking everything bad and how bad it is and how awful everything is and you are snared by the words of your own mouth Mark 11 22 to 24 is still in the Bible have faith in God for truly I say unto you whosoever shall say under this mountain my God you're a redeemed kingdom man a redeemed kingdom woman start walking like it start acting like it start moving like it and under god start dressing like it and under god start talking like it stand back square your shoulders exercise the god kind of faith now 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 faith is you missed it i preached for two hours to get you now faith is faith is designed by god to come upon you in a moment in a season at a time and change everything henceforth and hereafter when he cursed the fig tree it never did have fruit again when he turned water into wine it never did turn back into water again henceforth and hereafter take dominion walk in dominion Number three. And God said, I have given you every herb that yields seed. Which is on the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed. Look at me. In the very first blessing, God placed upon our pristine parents, Adam and Eve. He laid his hands on them and said, I give you a revelation of seed time and harvest now in the new covenant now now unto him who ministereth both seed for the sowing and bread for the eating do you know what he just said to you you will never ever be without a seed. Mm. 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 And if you are never without a seed, you can never be without a harvest. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.